Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. kitchen i was gonna say you were the only people to ever come on this show via zoom because i always do the zoom interviews in the kitchen here that have been in the real kitchen before seeing it on the screen yes and instead of just doing it in the real kitchen we waited and traveled thousands of miles yeah (laughs) and did it via zoom (laughs) well we sat and had tea while the kids watched peppa pig i mean that was pretty nice yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean it's it's strange because i used to do all my interviews when bands were on tour because that's when they came through town right and I never, yeah. I never used to do phoners or anything like this because I would always prefer, if possible, to do it in person. But then, obviously, the world shut down, and then you got to roll with the punches and you know begin to do everything like this. And now this is like second nature to me. Like it feels like you're in the room with me. Yeah, yeah. us too. Same. It just and and for us too, it's like there's so many other things that we have to do via Zoom now. Like we did like the homeschool thing for a year, and all that stuff was via Zoom. And I'm just like. I don't know how you keep like 30, like eight year olds, like in control. It's hard enough to keep the three of us in control. So yeah, we learned a lot, man. It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so you excited? I mean, you've literally been home for what, all of a week and, and you're heading straight back out. 
Love it. Yeah. It feels like it's been like a day or two because we got back. Uh, of course, we got the English flu in England. <laughs> uh, so Don't look got... at me like it's my fault. I, I didn't get it. You're no, the only one here. Fault. You're the only culprit. Yeah, um, I can only blame you. And so, uh, so uh, yeah, dude, I mean, we're just, we're, yeah. we've, we're always spinning like 10 plates. So we got home and immediately Kelly was back to doing her radio show. Yeah. And we've got a... And I've been sick. So that was fun. Yeah. You know, and then um, we got a, you know, we have a single coming out. So we've got to like set all that up and, you know, talk about it, which we haven't. And then there's this tour and we're just like, holy crap. I unpacked my suitcase last night and threw the contents into the washing machine. And I'm just going to like throw it right back in tonight. Yeah. I love that. Rinse, repeat. Let's go. I'm sure you understand that. I mean, I do to a point, but I... (laughs) I got to see a whole other side of touring with that just brief afternoon that we spent together. Um, and how I think I even had a moment with you, Lewis, where we were walking up the road and your kids just, you know, cause kids are kids. It's like yeah. 2000 miles an hour all the time. So yeah. you're doing what every other group would do on tour, traveling, you know, these insanely long drives and vans, sleeping in hotels, getting up early uh spending all days in dressing rooms like the stuff that's a grind anyway you're doing it with the two little bundles of joy <laughs> that you have along for the ride yeah the the funny part though is you know there's there are all these memes and it's like what you think backstage is like and what backstage really is and it's just like all the band members like staring <laughs> at their phones not talking yeah like our backstage is actually more like the party again because you know for we've been touring for like 20 years and you know, it started out kind yeah. of wild. And then, you know, we got older and it was like, oh, okay, you know, it's not so much like that. And now that the kids are there, it's a whole different kind of party, yeah. but it's definitely exciting well, all the time. Because you got, I mean, it's more like a classic backstage. Where yeah, you and got for people... people who don't know, our kids are six and nine. Now. Right, so we so they're with us. little, but not too little. So it's more like a backstage when we were like 24 yeah. or 23, <laughs> where it's like people are falling over, there's drinks being spilled. There's like scribbling penises on the wall. There's like arguments. Yeah. There's like, yeah, graffiti. There's like things getting dancing, broken. weird there's dances. Nipples are getting duct taped up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, all that business. But, so, yeah, in general, like it is high intensity, though. Like we, we do endure some high intensity yeah. times when we're on the road. And yeah. I wear earplugs at home when I make dinner sometimes. That's how high <laughs> intensity life is. <laughs> Well, they're amazing, and it's obvious when kids have grown up around adults, uh, the difference. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's, it must be cool for you to share, but I want to backtrack loads because there's so much I want to fit in with you guys. Um, how did you first meet? I want the story. Oh, my God, dude. Lewis <laughs> uh, can start it because he um, started the whole thing. So, basically, uh, I, grew up in, I grew up in Texas. I was born in Ecuador, grew up in Texas, and my dad tra- got transferred to Florida. We lived in Tampa for a couple of years, and then we moved out to this little cow town in the middle of nowhere called Lando Lakes, Florida. And I started eighth grade there. I'm like 12 years old. And um, I remember like a few days into the year, I'm like walking down the hallway and I see this girl walking towards me with her like her flock of like friends. And they were all wearing their like matching like Pineview Middle School, like blue jackets. Basketball jackets, like, like yeah. the the grease ones like the shiny satin yeah. ones I mean, i've got a looked, bunch of them i love those coats yeah 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 and so she was just 
it was like perfect too because it's like nine in the morning and the sun is shining behind her and she's coming down the thing and you know those like montages sometimes like 80s 90s montage where like the girls walk in and like everything goes into slow motion and those like the hair and the sun and i was like oh my god i fucking love her Lo- <laughs> like, love at first sight it literally was literally i was 12 years old and then she wouldn't date me for four years you did tell me a little bit about this on yeah. tour, so I'll flip yeah. to you now, Kelly. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, Look. he was really intense. <laughs> I mean, like, he really liked me, and, and I knew, and it felt kind of strange. Um, I don't know. And I, I also think maybe deep down I knew that I really liked him, and I wanted to have at least, like, a couple boyfriends first, you know? You're, you're have have a little life right experience <laughs> before, you know, settling down at the age of 17. A little kiss behind the bike sheds here, a little holding of the hands on yeah, the school just, field there. Yeah, yeah. A little fun, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, at, at 17, we decided we were going to be together forever, and, and we have. So then we ended up, uh, we ended up going to, to college together. Like, we left home at, like, 17. Mm-hmm. And I had just turned 18. Okay. As an older woman, yeah. And then, and then Don't we want to be getting cancelled here now, Kelly. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we... Uh, you know, I played guitar through high school, you know, it's just all I did because I, I wasn't really, I didn't do sports ball or anything like that. Yeah. So I just, I, learned, I, I would just play along in Nirvana, you know, I was like one of those kids. And at one point she asked me to teach her how to play guitar so she could um, impress another boy. And I was but like. But he was like, well, does it mean I can come to your house? Sure. So, I'm in. There, yeah, there, yeah. me and Lewis on the floor of my bedroom. I had bought my first acoustic guitar, which we still have. It's in the other studio. Yeah. Um, but you know, I learned to play "About a Girl" was the first song. Yeah, Nirvana. It's like I'll teach you Nirvana, and because right? and then it kind of went from there. Well, and then, then he would he would bring my sister home from school so he could end up at our house. And just, I was really good friends with his best friend schemes, from childhood. You know, you'd, you'd come so they would come and eat all the food. Excuses. My mom would make extra food so that so you'd have an excuse to come over. I yeah. think I don't know. Your mom didn't hate me. No, my mom's always like you. So my dad too. So I, I anyway, we we ended up going to to college together. And to new college. To new college in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's like a very progressive school. You know, it's like no grades. People would be like barefoot in class, you know. Yeah, very liberal, like, liberal arts education, just focused on learning to think, not like, to memorize, and a very diverse group of kids, like all the weirdos, but like of all types, you know, not just like cool weirdos, like weird weirdos, weirdos on the right, weirdos on the left, like just all the weird, really smart kids in one place. And sadly, it's getting New college is getting canceled by by our governor. Let's not talk. About no, that. but I, I mean, it is that new college <laughs> that's in yeah. the news right now that yeah. probably will no longer be that way. Santos is a jerk. But anyway, we ended up um, not playing music for that whole time. So we're we're like writing yeah. papers and reading like you know German philosophy or <laughs> you know biological psychology or whatever. Yeah. We didn't play any music. Like I brought my guitar, she brought hers. We just didn't do that for like three or four years. Yeah, and. Then at some point, a friend of ours walked up to us, this guy, Josh, and he's like, hey, man, you want to start a band? Because like he like knew that I play guitar or whatever. And Kelly's Kelly was there with me, obviously. And, she's, and I was like, oh, please don't do that without me, because I know how the story ends. You know, like maybe I could be in the band, too. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. 
And so, so she just played rhythm guitar. Yeah. And this, sang some back in this vocals. band, we called it No Chef. It's a long story, but we ended Very up making story. this band called No Chef. And we had mm-hmm. stupid punk rock songs is basically it. You know, like it was like. We learned to play to the Donnas, the Misfits, the Ramones, Blink-182. Yeah. And uh, yeah. We the wrote, Ronettes. We wrote songs. It was like we wrote Jackie Chan back then. I was going to say all those influences you're listening, you can still hear now. I mean, Blink-182 a little bit less, maybe, but definitely all those other ones. You're like, that's still the the heart and soul of the band. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did that for a little while. Downloading firmware. We did that for a little while. Oh, look, my mom's calling. Um, (laughs) Get her on. And then eventually, like, it was like, oh, Kelly, why don't you sing a song? Well, I wanted to ask you, do you remember the first time you heard her sing? Because your voice is super unique, Kelly. And that must have been, was it like a light bulb moment for you, Lewis, hearing it and being like, that's that's something unique we got right there. It was it was it was crazy because up to that point. Oh, that's creepy. Our studio camera is talking at us. It's probably like the spy bot is like, (laughs) um, so we have cameras everywhere Uh, spying on us. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, what happened was I, you know, I had like a little four track, you know, starting in like senior or freshman year of high school. I asked my parents for a four track for my birthday. And so it was one of these little tape task cam things with, you know, four track. And I would demo stuff out, you know, but just like drum machine, one guitar, one bass and a vocal. And I demoed out this little song. And I was like, you know, this would sound really good with a female vocal. It was, it was Driving on Nine, right? No. It was... That was the first time I recorded. No. Oh. It was um, uh, uh, Boom Boom. I wrote the song called Boom Boom. And but agree to disagree. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, so I had never heard her <laughs> sing before, which is crazy, because we were already together for like three, four years at that point. I would sing in the car and stuff, but... You not were, loudly, you were, only alone. Not like project. Yeah. Were you shy of your voice, Kelly, or what was holding you back? Yeah, I still am. It is not something, you know, like I, thank God I play the bass because the few times I've had like a bass completely fail me and then had another bass completely fail me and then completely fail me. One, one show in England, three basses broke and I had to lead singer it and I just gave up and like jumped into the crowd because I just... It's not something that it doesn't like doing this thing. Well, it, it just wasn't uh, my drive. You know, like I'm not driven to be the front person of a band. I love playing music and I love singing. But, you know, I think it takes a certain personality to be that person. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm more of the, you know, the way that my influences were, where I, I like to just, you know, present the music on stage, but I'm not necessarily a showman. And I think part of that is because. You know, I've never thought of myself as a singer or, you know, I mean, I'm pretty good at performing now, but yes, it took like 20 years yes, to yes, feel she's okay. She's a professional singer. <laughs> it's weird. Um, yeah. So she was, she was, because of these reasons, she was really shy with her voice. And I guess that obvious to me now, I didn't understand that at the time. I thought, I thought she just couldn't sing or didn't want to sing or whatever. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, can you sing on this? Like wrote some words kind of goes like this can you sing on it she's like yeah but you go downstairs like we lived in like this two-bedroom townhouse or whatever she's like you go downstairs i'll do it up here and like i just don't want you to hear me and she she sang 
I mean, she didn't even sing very loud. She just sang. No, I was like hiding in the corner. It's <laughs> like, I hope nobody hears me. This little like $20 microphone comes downstairs. She's like, hey, it's done. You can go up and listen to it. And dude, I hit play and I was like, she's got. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like, it was like the pitch was like right there. You know, there was no auto tune at the time. You're talking about like the year 2000, 2001. Like, it was just perfect. And the tone was just this other voice I'd never heard before. Like, I'd never heard her voice. And I'd never heard a voice like hers. And I'm just like, ding! <laughs> you know? Because, like, you just said that moment, that revelation of, like, holy crap, if we just write really good songs and she sings them, it'll be its own thing. Like, it would be, like, kind of unique, you know? And so I think that's what motivated us to really start to like buckle down and I didn't know that. And, um, that's the way <laughs> this I is why it. we're here to learn new things about each other. Yeah, this is lovely. Um, so then you what you you just have an idea and a dream and a loose plan and you just pick up sticks and and move to California when you're how old? I uh, I was twenty one. You know. Yeah, we um, we finished college. <laughs> And so we, I got a biology degree, got a neurobiology degree, and we decided we were going to take a year off and move to California because we wanted to go to Berkeley for grad school or, you know, he would do med school in California. He had already taken like MCATs and everything. I was like all set to go to med school. <laughs> and like, so I wanted to, you know, be a neurobio, either a physician or a PhD or something. Yeah. But we knew but that we wanted to live in California at some point in our lives and at least move away from Florida and our home area, you know, because our school that we went to is about an hour away from where we grew up. So it wasn't far enough for us to just grow as people. And I think we, we just really wanted that. And you got so it. it's that moment where you're like, you're just coming of age and you have to remove yourself from everything that you know, so that you can grow. Yeah. And the thing was like being in Florida, there's no way our type of music would ever catch on in Florida at the time. What was going on at that time? Down. Was there not stuff like Less Than Jake and Against Me? And was that not happening yet? Yeah, but that it was happening. It was like hot water music. It had just and... started, but it was a very Gainesville. You know, it, it didn't really trickle down. Tampa was just. I guess we forget industrial. that Florida and America is a big place over here, don't it's we? Really when I was big. like, hey, I'm going to come over to Miami on the cruise. And you're like, yeah, that's still like 10 hours away from where we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and plus, like, we really didn't fit into that scene. I, I still don't think we, we didn't fit in like we, to any scene. Necessarily. Like, we fit into like, I mean, it's like fun music. And so that's yeah. like it leans like a little more serious. It leans a little more Scott. It leans a little more like kind of like hippie punk, you know. And so we never. We'll, we'll still we'll play fest you know but we were never part of that and we kind of identified it's like we have to go to a major city yeah to find our people you know and so it was either la or new york and even back then new york was way more expensive 9-11 had just happened yeah 9-11 had just happened it was a weird climate <laughs> and so uh, we ruled out San Francisco because it was dismal and cold and expensive, which it still is. Yeah, there was no way we could afford San Francisco. We went to San Diego, loved it, but it's too sleepy. Yeah. And the scene there, I mean, we played with a lot of amazing bands in San Diego, but we realized we just had to go to L.A. Yeah. So we had like $700 and we had our cars 
and we just drove across the country <laughs> with our drummer at the time. Mm -hmm. He like drove his van and yep. caravaned across. Caravan three thousand miles to LA. Yep. Something very important happened on the way though, and I'll make it as fast as I can. We saw you that can breeders... take all the time you want, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. We saw that the breeders were playing in Houston, and that's somewhere you go through. You go from Florida all the way across the bottom through Texas and across Texas, which takes like a whole day all by itself, and Arizona, and then you get to California. And so we got to Houston in the evening, pulled up to Fitzgerald's, which is no, oh, it, was it wasn't the Fitzgerald's. engine room. The engine room. Okay. <laughs> I have to remember. We, we pull so. up, <laughs> and I think it was it was sold out, and I started crying because like. It was pretty emotional leaving home and you know it was just it was a hard thing to do we had our pets in the car too this was in january so january in texas it was really nice out um we had a cat a prairie dog an iguana a scorpion a tarantula is yeah. that it fucking yeah. hell it's like noah's ark yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah, um, that was, that was and so like you know the cat had a litter box and a food set up like all everybody had their spaces so this taking um, home on the road thing's always been in your dna then it has actually oh my gosh you're right that's a good point i never I really thought, thought about, about that, that yet. <laughs> um but long story short i cried the door guy let us go into the show we gave like the, 20 bucks yeah i was like here. i have 20 dollars <laughs> and we must have looked so pathetic too because we 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 hadn't been eating because we didn't have any money and so, like a friend of ours had given us Slim Fast. You know what that is? Cases of Slim Fast because they didn't so, like it. So that was our meal. That was our like day. nutrition. We like, and so we were like super skinny and like <laughs> driving and driving. The guy let us in. Yeah. We got to see the breeders who were fundamental in our understanding of alternative music. You know, like yeah. they're like heroes to us. And then we hung out outside the show by the bus. Yeah. Because we're like, maybe we could just say hi really fast because we got nowhere to go. We're sleeping in the cars. <laughs> just And it was like, you know, 40 degrees, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. What is that? Celsius. It wasn't that cold. The point is, it was it was kind of cold. It's January, right? So even in Texas, it's cold. And we struck up a conversation with their tour manager. He was like loaded Road up the bus. Well, okay. This guy, Wolfie, right? And Wolfie's like, just be nice. He's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're driving across the country. He's we're like, going to move to Los Angeles. He's, he's like, like, he's like, you're oh. shitting me. We're like, no, we he's are. Like, we're like, we're you mean like right now. <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah. We've got our pets in a car and all of our gear, our so, two boxes of clothes. So he's like, well, if you want to stick around, you know, you can say hi to the girls. And what we didn't know at the time was that Wolfie was from L.A. And the breeders were were based in L.A. at that point. Yeah. Like, because the 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 bassist and the drummer were in fear. Like the and you know it were all L.A. guys. It was an L.A. guy lineup. With, yeah, with it was pretty sisters. much the breeders and fear as the backing band. Yeah. Wow. Which is pretty cool. This is a pretty yeah. killer lineup. I mean, it was dude. fear it minus was, leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so he was just intrigued by this idea that these like young idiots are moving out to LA with their pets, you know, but we were, we, we love that band. And so the, the sisters were nice enough to come out of the bus and say hi to us. Yeah. And, and we were just like, yeah, we're moving to LA. Um, oh, can I pet your cat? Sure. Yeah. So, so we'd we, like, go get the car, we bring it and park it in front of the bus. They're like, they're like, out there, our... like looking at all of our stuff in the car. And like... then, um, and then Kim was like, hey, well, let us know when you're out in L.A. Yeah, when you get to L.A., uh, let us know. Let us know because we have a rehearsal sp space and we might be able to find you guys a spot like in the building. 
or whatever because they had like a, a lockout. We were like, yeah, whatever. This is not going to happen. People say that all the but time. Dude, sure enough, like two weeks later, we sent them a message and then Wolfie got in touch with us. And before we knew it, we had a practice space across the hall from them. Now, is this on early mobiles? Is this landlines? How are you keeping in touch? We had one cell phone, you know, and it was yeah. just like, yeah. you know, the emergency cell phone. And so that was... Lewis's mom gave it to My us. mom gave it to me because she's like, I want to be able to know where you are, <laughs> right? And, and yeah, so it's because of them that we got our first rehearsal space. And, and then we would rehearse and they would just open the door and come sit on the couch and watch us and like it was they probably so we surreal so weird so then they yeah. ended up like having us open for them so those were a couple of the you know bigger early shows for our band is like opening for yeah. them and we just really like i mean we kind of owe them like i don't even know if they remember all this yeah but, but um, i mean wolfie does we stay in touch with wolfie for yeah sure. yeah but but yeah then we got day jobs um, well we didn't have anywhere to go we didn't know anyone in l.a yeah. We stay with our where, where were you living what did you do once you arrived where did you move we, so we, our drummer's aunt and uncle lived in Hemet, which we're like well that's pretty close we stayed with them for a couple of days yeah. and then we had a friend from high school who had a studio apartment mm -hmm. behind hollywood and highland our friend jed and he let us all move in us our drummer and all our pets a studio apartment like you know it's basically a living room, room with a little tiny kitchen yeah we just sleep on the floor and like like actively started looking for a job but since we had science degrees you know you know i got a i got a job in a lab like testing for viruses i got a job at aerobex <laughs> making smoothies then i worked at barnes and noble and then i got a job at the science center yeah um, taking care of all the animals so that was pretty cool and then our jobs they rooted for us they just yeah. they wanted us to we to, got a little apartment we yeah seven hundred dollar a month apartment in the middle of k-town and it was like looking back on it i'm like wait we lived like right by macarthur park lots of crime like we didn't, we know, didn't know we didn't know what we were doing but we were also like oh yeah well that, that that's was, just living in the city yeah, you see like a body <laughs> under a sheet or whatever in the middle of the day the coroner van would pull up you're like oh wow the city's crazy <laughs> it's like looking back on it i'm like i wouldn't want to do that now <laughs> but you know when but, you're young and you're hungry and you just want to go get it and like yeah you've been a little sheltered your whole life because you never i mean we've never like been in a place like la and yeah it like it it changed us for sure mm -hmm. and within a couple of years we we like we found our scene there yeah. you know it took a couple of years but yeah. which we will definitely talk about in a minute you you sort of jogged something in in my brain there though i think with you two because so many couples when they're in bands it's this kind of fiery toxic combination and a lot of the time it can be quite draining and, and horrible to be around but i think with you two you mentioned all your colleagues were rooting for you i think it would be impossible for anybody not to root for you two because there's something so adorable about the pair of you <laughs> and, and your connection and like the bond and the you know it's just a very pure energy to be around the pair of you together individually but you know when you come together as a couple it's just a really like i don't know light positive oh. vibe always and Good. so they must have seen that and just been rooting for you like fuck yeah these fucking kids have come all the way out here with no hopes or like actual plans but they're really doing it and god bless them yeah <laughs> that's amazing yeah thanks man yeah we i think a, a lot of like the philosophy behind that is just you know, I think we realized early on that you, you get back what you put out there. 
and then it becomes like a self-perpetuating cycle, you know, where like you put an energy out there, it comes back to you, and it forces you or prompts you to put more of that energy out there, and then it just kind of feeds on itself. And and that can back. go the other way too, of course. Exactly. So yeah, the opposite direction too, and that's how you kind of like you know you see some people go down, 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 and and the reason is because it's like this like self-affirming thing, and you know we we do believe in like an energy force out there you know well, you train scientists you know the drill that's all <laughs> that's all the world is right is energy it has to go yeah. somewhere so yeah. it's like it's how you how you how you envision it how you manipulate it or not manipulate but it's just how it inter you interact with it. so yeah yeah we, we got that early on yeah there are a lot of choices that you can make and you know, there are ways to look at the cards that you're dealt. And it was really, really hard when we moved out there. I mean, the first two years were brutal, but, you know, we made the best of it at every turn and we were grateful every time something cool happened. And I think. Do you think having each other massively helped as well? Do you think if you'd have gone oh, out there yeah. on your own, either of you to form a fresh new band and start from scratch, do you think you would have probably, you know, been beaten down and, and given up I, perhaps? I, I think yeah, that's. I, mean, I think that is why the statistics are so bad for trying to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Because it, like, emotionally, physically, it's very demanding. And if you're not doing it for someone else, like, if you're just doing it for yourself and you don't have someone else that you also want to do it for or with, it's like, I yeah. can't give up because then I'd be giving up on her. Yeah. And even if you don't value yourself very much, if you value someone else, you don't want to let them down. Well, it's the same in return. And then also, I mean, there have been plenty of times when I wanted to quit, you know, but I didn't want to quit enough to make him quit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, the and way then you get through that slump <laughs> and then you're like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't quit, you know? And, and sometimes, that goes for marriage too. I mean, it goes for the whole thing. Well, because like sometimes, you know, you go through like a spell of like things aren't going too well. Yeah. You know, especially and, like and, in between records. Yeah. Like, every band, you know, you put out a record and it's like so exciting. You know, right when you finish it, it's like, Oh, the possibilities. And then you do all this press and you tour and, you know, it's just this whole new thing that you've given birth to and then and then nothing, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just this cycle you have to get used to. And the first few times, like it's it's really hard. You're just like, I happens. guess nobody cares about Oh, this sucks. It's boring. You know, I've got nothing to write about now. And so, you know, those times we're trying. Right. But the truth is, like, if you just expect there to be an ebb and flow to the way things are and understand that eventually you're going to catch a high tide again because it's just everything's just cyclical yeah. like and and like i, I guess that kind of this is kind of like an overreaching idea but let's roll with it well <laughs> like it's like in the context of like our band's like trajectory you know we never had like a massive massive hit you yeah. know we kind of got like little nibbles at like top 40 radio and things. And it's all, but it's always been like a consistent, slow ascension. Mm -hmm. And so we never experienced that whole like Woo! one hit wonder. And yeah. then you just crater because you don't, you, you know, you don't know how to handle it because it's just too much at, 
once or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we saw that happen to a few like friends of ours and things like that over the years. And it's like a difficult, you know, I feel like that would be a difficult position to be in. So we're definitely grateful for like the trajectory of the way everything's gone because we've been able to handle it. You know, at some points, barely able to handle it, (laughs) you know, but for the most part, like it's been, it's been pretty cool because it's like together we can do it. But yeah. yeah, like you were saying, like if someone were to move out to LA by themselves and try to, you know, get a band going, whatever, you better have either like a best friend or a sibling. A sibling. Or... I think that's why sibling bands are successful a lot of the time. Yeah. Because they yeah, they, they have that person that, you know, is their person and has been forever and there's a just a trust and a history and you just you know that person's got you, unless you're Oasis. But you know, like <laughs> You got to have that person. And, you know, I think. Yeah, all successful bands have had that sort of. Well, not all. Most. Many, yeah. most. Unless yeah. you're like David Bowie or something like that, yeah. you know, like. Uh, I was trying to think of one other band where it is like a married couple is the, the nucleus of it and they're still married and the band's still together. Do you know of any? They all fell apart over the years, you know, yeah. um, we used to look up to, I mean, what, like Sonic Youth was like the one holding on for a while. And then, well, that's not yeah. that anymore. There, there's, we've talked about that it's actually, because cool. it's, it's kind of nice to have like some entity that you can look up to like that. But yeah. in terms of like a generation before us or something that like we really like admired, nothing ever lasted. Yeah. And so, well, how, hold on. It's the doctor. Ed, it's you about my go. appointment. And All I right, you know. go, go, okay. go do it. Well. She's got an appointment that she has to do to check like, her throat's all right for tour, is it? No, no, it's a, it's, it's, an, it's another thing. It's an, no, it's like, no, there's like 10 things. Uh, no, it's like a, she's like iron deficient. So she's like slightly like, I don't know why her body just doesn't want to keep iron in it. And she didn't know this until recently, until like last year or whatever. And she's like, I'm know, always she, tired on tour. And you go, well, this isn't why, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, she went and she got her iron levels checked, and they should be like 100, 200. They were like eight on the scale of whatever, you know, iron levels are tested at. And so she went and she got this iron infusion like six months ago. And dude, I haven't seen her that energetic in forever. She's just like all of a sudden like rosy and happy. And like, <laughs> so she's going to get one right before we leave town, which is good. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, let me ask you this whilst Kelly's away, because we were getting into something there that I think is really important. The staying the course concept um you know through the highs and the lows because of the the love that you share for not just what you do but for each other is such a beautiful partnership to be a part of and experience and live in it's awesome dude thanks man yeah i'm really grateful for it um because we are given the opportunity to do it i mean it'd be one thing uh, maintaining it and like allowing it to grow and like not allowing it to die is like one thing, you know, you're just nurturing it, but being able to have the opportunity to do that because not everybody, you know, finds their person. Not everybody like is like, you know, finds a circumstance that allows them to develop something together. You know, um, I, I just feel like, you know, adhering to certain things is important too, you know, like it's cheesy, but it's like, you don't go to sleep angry at each other <laughs> ever. What are the golden rules? Tell me some of the golden I mean, that's rules. Like that, that's one. Um, you don't, you don't disrespect each other. Like, and uh, like, you don't make fun of each other. You don't like, you know, you don't like, you don't belittle each other. Um, you also don't spend a lot of time doing bullshit, like, playing video games or like like non-productive stuff and i think it's important to have like a common hobby or interest that you do together like something that you work on together so that like playing have... in a kick-ass band <laughs> like yeah. like playing music growing children <laughs> we have friends of ours that are like married and they have like a soap business you know they do on the weekends they like they go to markets and, go... and sell soap and i'm like yes you have a thing and like yeah. other friends of ours they like you know they'll like raise chickens or they're like make things or you know the the, brew beer they brew beer together yeah but they have something that they do that's not a job because i've never really considered the band a job (laughs) you know but you know just something you focus on that you can like put your collective energy into that you know it kind of takes you out of the world for a minute yeah and it's your own world (laughs) well there's there's one other component of the dolly rocks that i think is kind of funny what but it it may also be helpful. What? So, so our band has always <laughs> been well, spill the beans. Yeah. Spill the beans. <laughs> well, it's always been a three piece, right? And so, we have had probably twice as many drummers as Final Tap at this point. And I think that has been really, really helpful for us musically, 
I mean, as a couple, even for our kids, I think it's been really, really cool because, you know, we'll have drummers come in for a time and, and now we have a group of drummers and it's just kind of whoever's available at the time. But, you know, it, it kind of changes our perspective. It changes the vibe of touring. It, it really has helped, I think. Whereas, you know, some bands are the same, you know, three, four five people forever. For us, I think changing out that extra person has helped to keep it not boring. You know, and the few yeah. times that they were assholes, well, it got to be us against the world, you know. <laughs> so that was. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that, yeah, she has a point. Because you have to, um, not everyone wants to do music their whole life. You know, that's the other thing. It's and like, can. I mean, we're really, really lucky. You know, that... it's like sometimes people just, they want to get married. They want to have kids. They want to go do whatever. And for us, it's just like, okay, well, we'll just let's take them we'll with us. Because we have no choice, you know. <laughs> Can't leave them home with the wife. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not going to work for this band. Right. But, you know, you don't want somebody to to be making music with you if they're not totally stoked or if or, or if they're missing doing something else. Like you yeah. have to for us, it's like the whoever is playing with us, there's an understanding that like you do this as long as you can with the understanding. As long as it's fun. As long as it's fun and as long as it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. When it's, it's a drag or you're not feeling good about it then you know time to take a break yeah you know like even on like bigger tours that we've been on sometimes it only takes like one person that's like just just not into it to affect the mood of everyone around them yeah so you have to like you have to recognize that and be like yeah we don't want bad vibes this is supposed to be good like we, yeah. we are very fortunate to be able to play music you know so let's well, go i love i love that you acknowledge that because so many bands i feel like and culturally as well i feel like we're more in this space now there's a sense of entitlement about people coming up and they're like i want to be big now i deserve to be awesome because i am awesome and it's like well you haven't done the you know however many years that you don't see all these other bands that are now big doing before they get to that point or even yeah. if they don't ever get big but they just get to continue to do it at that level like yeah. you gotta love doing it and you have to pay your dues don't you yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's for sure part of it. That's why I mean I will always, um, I will always give extra weight to longevity because it just means that like you have, you've gotten through a lot of things that that aren't publicized. You yeah. Know? Nobody like, knows the whole story. Witnessing the interaction, you know, with you know bands we've played with or toured with or whatever, like there are struggles that no one ever knows about internally, that people have to overcome to be able to continue to do this because you're dealing with a very physically draining, emotionally intense, and uh, oftentimes like there's like drinking or whatever to just not to mention the financial instability of the whole thing. And yeah. Yeah. And the fact, you, yeah, you don't, there's no predictability. It's like, yeah. I hope people Especially show anymore, up tonight, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think COVID made it even more unstable because it was like, well, when are people going to feel okay going to shows again? I yeah. think finally we're over that. But like the first couple tours we booked after that was like, well, let's see. What yeah. But it I was definitely a risk. Also, though, I think it made people realize how much they missed going to see live music. Yeah. At and this so, point, like it's like, um, you know, you appreciate it a lot more after you don't get it for a long time. Like, oh well, you got you guys have been on the road seemingly since our tour together, seemingly nonstop. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we have to structure stuff around school. <laughs> oh, yeah. That old thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's that old thing. But, um, but we do have the latitude to decide how much we want to be out. Like, we're not, no one's telling us you have to do this at this time. You have to, we, yeah. we have the ability to structure it well, how we, we want. There have been a couple of times where we had managers, but we don't have a manager. You know, we have a booking agent and a lawyer and a publicist and a label and the label and like everything but but a manager (laughs) but yeah but like all those decisions are ours you know and and i'm really glad that we do it that way because you know like he said it's it's entirely up to us and you know we'll talk to our agent we'll be like all right cat like we're gonna do two weeks here two weeks there as much as possible in the summer and it's just based on you know the kids school schedule and so i don't know but we we do it as much as we can and as much as the kids are cool with. Yeah. Well, I mean, you push it as far as you can. Yeah. Like, there's no way we could stay out on like a nine week long tour right now. Oh, and I just couldn't. It's, 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 it's got to be segmented. <laughs> you know, it's like two weeks max. Yeah. Kinda. But by two weeks, we mean like 14 nights in a row. <laughs> yeah. We don't yeah. take nights yeah, off. We're, we're about to head out. It's like 11 <laughs> shows in a row, no days off. Like, bang 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 and then everyone goes home (laughs) it's like flying to chicago everyone comes to chicago um play the next day you head out on the road you travel all across some region you land some at the tour end somewhere and then everyone just poof it just disappears i mean and everyone flies home yeah and so it goes it goes by in a whirlwind for sure yeah um but the days of being in a van for two months or three months or whatever are not. I mean, you can't do that anymore. No. Did you guys used to party a lot before the kids were out with you? Was no, that a, a period yeah. of the Dolly Rot's history that happened and you enjoyed? And how is it as a couple so heard, out and raising hell together? I don't, I don't remember, but <laughs> I've been told. I've seen photos. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen photos. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we, we, we did. We we um we had that period where it was just like you're I will just... say one thing that was different about us too though. We the you know, in college we we experimented with things and then when we decided, okay, we're gonna be in a band, we made a pact to each other that we would do no drugs, not even pot, until we sold over forty thousand records and we totally stuck to that. Yeah. And yeah. I think that yeah. really helped. <laughs> it took a few years. I mean, it's I mean like, we saw people. This is before we even like started to think about recording the first record. It was yeah. Like, it was like we just knew we had to be like focused, mm-hmm. and because it's hard enough to focus when you're like 22 years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just we it it. We I love that. At it, you know. Like, yeah. You have to. You have to. It's not like a party, but yeah. You know, by the second record, and you've been out on the road for weeks and weeks and weeks. I think at that point we were like, okay, we're allowed to have some fun, like, um, but never anything too, pot. <laughs> never anything too crazy, you know. Like we were never into yeah. anything. Also, it's like, who do you surround yourself with? Yeah, like the bands that we've toured with and played with, like, you know, we just never went out with like hardcore drug bands. No, and that was a choice, or just like, a, just a negative situation. Yeah, it's like we're very lucky. It's like we, we we spent like two three years on bowling for soups bus it was just it's fun it's yeah they like, did make us share a bunk with the dog <laughs> two of us and the dog but yeah. still i'm kidding yeah is that chris's little dog though that's all yeah, right yeah yeah because yeah. lewis and i 
we always had like the bottom bunk closest to the lounge. And so it would be me and Lewis and then like Sherman, he would just come in and sleep with us. I was like, oh my God, like he's already <laughs> tight enough in here. There's two people in this bunk and then this dog gets in. It's like, oh my God. So it was actually really cool. It was fun, yeah. man. Yeah. But, but yeah, that that's a choice though. It's like, who are you going to go on tour with? Who are you going to surround yourself with? Yeah. I mean, like, like cool, fun guys from Texas that treat you like family or like some dark force that's like way too serious and takes itself way too, you know, I mean, you've been around that, you sort of, know, you know how it could be, but we never wanted that <laughs> attitude to rub off on us. Yeah. You know, we wanted to always be down to earth and like be able to not be dragged down by the situation. Tell me what um what Pete Shelley said about you guys and why he liked you. What was the two things? Oh man, so wasn't it like you got asked, no tattoos and then a good pop sensibilities yeah. or something? He's like, it's like you're not all tatted up and you got the pop sensibilities. And so yeah, it was yeah we neither of us have any tattoos. Well, uh you know that Buzzcocks picked us to go on tour with them in North America, you know, years ago. So we got a phone call and. We were just like, what? What? We're like, why? Yes, okay, sure, we'll but, do it. I mean, like, one of the most, you know, foundational punk bands ever. I mean, they basically. I mean, we love. They, they invented pop punk, kind of. You know, mm -hmm. like. I mean, in that way, and them, them yeah. Ramones and Undertones. Yeah, that's the yeah. holy trinity for me. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. And so it's like it's the basis for so much of what we do. And yeah, he told us that, and we were like, "Well, I guess I don't need to be covered in tattoos." It, yeah, it's it like, did help us decide. Oh well, I guess because we time, hadn't gotten any yet. Yeah, and like, look at us now. It's like we're still kind of naked, the, clean the, skin is what my friend Joel likes to call it. <laughs> I'm a clean skin, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I I feel like it's less common to not have any than to. Yeah, know. now we're the freaks. <laughs> but. <laughs> But also, it's like it's one less thing to have to maintain. Yeah. <laughs> but they treated you good. You had a, a good experience out yeah. on the road with yeah. the buzzers. Yeah. And it, it was really cool because it was right at the time that Pete had, Pete had gotten together with his partner, who happened to be Greta at the time. And Greta was our age. And, you know, we just we had so much fun together. And so I think it was also, you know, really fun just for the whole bunch because it well, was we were like obviously younger than them and we'd go like yeah you know party on their bus and like go hang out in the dressing go, room go drink champagne balls. with them or like yeah. whatever we no had my way no show I. yeah <laughs> yeah no, no shand on no band on <laughs> we had like our, our our dog was with us on tour at the time they'd like oh, yeah they'd like feed him oh, the, the and tour manager <laughs> rap Oh, he, he would feed the dog so much prosciutto that I thought the dog was going to die. Like it, it was so, it was so, but how bougie in like the most perfect Buzzcocks bougie way. It was like champagne and prosciutto, but yeah. they're so not, you know. And then, you know, you end up developing like friendships with people. Yeah. I mean, so, like, like that whole band. So, you know, I mean, awesome. Pete would come to town like in L.A., we'd, we'd go out for margaritas or we'd take him out to like, you know, see the sights or yeah. whatever. And it was all very sweet and cool. And it yeah. just felt like a, you know, it's like you're, like your uncle's in town or something like that. Yeah. And so we really, you know, he 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 kind of they, they took us under he, he took us under his wing a little bit. Yeah. He did. And so I, I think it's important, like, first of all, to have heroes. 
yeah. that are good heroes. Like if you're lucky enough to have good heroes, sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes. But in the case of us, it's like between Pete and Joan. I was going to yeah. say, I mean, you guys have been so blessed with men- <laughs> with mentors. Um, yeah. yeah. Stevie, were... Joan Jett, Pete Shelley, yeah, even yeah. HR from Bad Brains. I saw whether he would be a mentor or not. I don't know, but certainly <laughs> you can definitely he- learn from him. A hero of sorts. I saw he was you yeah. know, around your house recently as well. Yeah. Like all these absolute, like the Mount Rushmore of, of punk and rock yeah. and roll, really all these figures. I mean, the Go-Go's took us out with them a number of times. And wow. I, still, I can text Kathy Valentine and, you know, I feel like text Kathy and say, moms. respond to Matt's emails. <laughs> okay. Good deal. <laughs> um, but like, you know, she's a mom. She, you know, was a punk rocker. I mean, the Go-Go's were a punk band before they're what people think of them now. And, you know, we got to learn a lot from them. Yeah, you take a little bit from everybody. Yeah. You know, I think the like, Bangles, even like, we got to, to know them. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like from Pete. Well, first of all, he's he was just a remarkable human being. So funny. But we, we learned how to pace a show in the Buzzcock style. Yeah. You know, we have two different types of shows that we kind of like have. You know, I mean, Bowling for Soup too. I, I think falls into the. Well, category. no, but we'll we'll be like, is this a is this a soup show or a Buzzcock show? You know. So the soup show will have the in between song talking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So some shows just awesome wham bam. Shows. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it's when it's like a time crunch, you know, festival type thing or something where people may not know us or we're opening for someone, then it's Buzzcock set. And Lewis will just yell the name of the song and we just, just like, go, we just you know. blast through the what set. Did up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ramones, Buzzcock, same idea. You know, and then for the but soup But then the thing... soup set, it's like our headline tours. You know, we talk. You have Lewis, you have, I was about to say Lewis, you have River come out and do stand-up. Yeah, yeah. stand-up comedy, yeah. Like, we, yeah, that's what he does now. And, and you know, from all these people, you kind of learn, like, how to be a professional musician, whatever that means, professional. Well, a performer, right? An entertainer. Yeah. Yeah, well, how you interact with the audience, but also how you treat other people. You know, it's like from Joan Jett, you learn to just be everyone is equal. Yeah. There's no hierarchy. And you be sweet cool. to everyone. You, you be cool to be everyone. Cool to you everybody. treat everybody with respect. Like... Yeah. No matter whether they're in a band, they're in the audience, they're True. they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Everyone is equal. Yeah. Like that's an important thing to learn. And like we got that from her. Yeah. And, you know, you could pick out all these like different qualities of people that have longevity. Can you can learn from? Yeah. And you know, I I don't know. I I admire anyone that's been in music for as long as some of these people have, and and successful at it. Yeah. Without hurting people along the way. Too many. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. It's like it like not burning bridges, not not, you know, not not hurting people along the way. You know, because in, in most other businesses, in order to become successful, like you're you have to be a cutthroat person. Yeah. You know? And you and you have to throw people by the wayside to make your situation better. But that's not really so with music. No, there's room. Music is like there's all the room in the world, yeah. and you just have to fit in. Well, you know, <laughs> you have to do your thing, do yeah. your thing, and it'll come to you. Like, yeah, Joan always said, like, it's like it's my only advice is just practice, just practice, and just be yourself and don't change. 
Don't change no matter what anybody tells you. She's like, even if I told you, she's like, just don't change. <laughs> she's like, you got to just be you or it's just, it doesn't seem right. Both it doesn't seem you. real, <laughs> you know? And it was just, she's like, don't ever fake it. Don't be fake. You know, wear what you want to wear. You know, do your makeup the way you want to do your makeup. Or don't, don't even wear makeup. She's like, you don't need to worry about it. Because when we got to Blackheart, we had just gone through like a major label, little rigmarole thing. and. You know, it was one of those things where it was like, all right, well, you need to sex it up a little bit. We're going to want you to. We're going to want you to do it. Right. You know, like all these co-writes. And to send us into a co-write session to rewrite because I'm awesome. Yeah. It's like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. There was this whole period where we were flirting with major label stuff and it ended up being a thing where they really wanted to change us like a lot. Like, go, 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 go co-write with these songwriters. Write a hit. Yeah. Why don't you dress up a little different? Dress up a little nicer. Yeah. Why don't you just like, you like know. no more black roots, the blonde hair, <laughs> you know, it's like literally it's really that kind weird. of thing. They like pick out the weirdest thing. And it. So I'm glad that didn't work yeah, out. Didn't happen. That would have been toxic to the situation, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, I don't know. You just, another aspect of just kind of being lucky too. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> you know? What do you mean with shelf. the people that you come into contact with or? Yeah, you know, you, you, you put yourself in situations where you hope that whoever you're dealing with is the right person. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but whatever. For the most part, we've been very lucky to work with people that are, you know, that can guide us in the right. Yeah, I mean, in business, I mean, our, our lawyer has been with us since our very first contract ever. Yep, yep, um, yep. And publishing and recording. I mean, there have been a lot of people behind the scenes of the Dolly Rots that are still mentors that we still talk to today. Like John Fields, he, you know, we've done yeah. our, all our records with him, except one, you know, except a couple random records, things like yeah. that. But we've been working with him at this point. We just counted 20 years. Yeah. Like we did our first album with him in 2003 and we're just like kids. We didn't know what we were doing, but he, you know, he's guided us, like yeah. our, you know. Our publicist, um, Dana, she's been there since the beginning, yeah, you know, so. and having those people not tell us what to do or anything, but be there when we, we need advice. Well, and, but then also nudge us along. It's like, hey, how come you're not doing this? Yeah. Hey, how come yeah. They will poke that? us, <laughs> you know, like it's good. So, yeah. It's good to have mentors for sure. Well, yeah. Like just got to pick the right ones. Yeah. Gonna run well, I think you've done a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> And I I'm think what great. what a, what a blessed life as well. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's so much more I would like to talk to you about, but that's right on the hour there, and that just feels for me like a nice closing point because I know you've got a lot to do. Um, and you just have to pack for a tour. <laughs> well, I, I get to go get an iron infusion today. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. the phone call. I was telling I was telling Matt about Look, it. Look how pale I am. <laughs> I thought that was a lighting situation. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put a little life inside of me. It'd be great. Be yeah, safe. I I love you guys. And um I was yeah, really man. thankful that I got to travel on the bus with you on the tour that we did with Bowling for Soup and get to know you you know, properly, because we'd had a couple of, you know, meetings and exchanges over yeah. the years before then, but never anything like concrete and, and you know, like real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was so lovely spending time with you and just seeing, you know, how you work and, and, and the fun that we had. Like one of my favorite memories from that tour ever is that night when you and Missy were up in the like 
um, I guess the the dressing room of the ballroom we were playing, and we found all those showgirl costumes. <laughs> what the hell was that? You I don't remember that, might... that? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That was so much fun. You should have yeah. won that on stage. We, we didn't find him till after the show. We yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah and um, I did try to find the film that you told me to watch, but I can't find it anywhere in heaven wow. there's no beer like it's unavailable in the uk oh. so um oh. i didn't I get to dive they... into there's like an eight minute trailer version of the film that's on youtube yeah. so i kind of got a sense of it but you guys although your song's playing in the trailer you're not in the trailer at all yeah yeah i think um there might be like a vimeo or something like that we'll there take a be, look we'll send a there link, might be a vimeo link. i'll look back at like old email yeah there see might... if you can i'd love to see it but yeah let's do a part two some other time and i mean the stories are abound and your your life story is kind of like a movie to me just from how you met to now like it's such a beautiful rock and roll love story i think the only one that would top it is like you know lux and poison ivy but other than that you guys have got one of the best punk rock and roll love stories ever written and uh oh, okay. you're Thanks, still man. writing new chapters i so. like him lux and poison ivy's a good one though yeah, yeah. i mean like the only reason they're not together is because he's not around yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, that yeah that is a good one that's a sweet one yeah. didn't spend a day apart till the day he picked her up hitchhiking right and then they didn't spend yeah. a day apart yeah. until the day he died yeah yeah beautiful stuff were that you guys a carriage torch? <laughs> yeah. we won't uh, reenact that one. No. no no they can be their own thing yeah. keep on living um yeah. have a wonderful time on tour thank you for this thank right you on. for your friendship yeah. and uh you yeah got it, man. Thanks we'll for talk real it's soon so good to talk to yeah. you man we'll see you yeah. soon yeah, you All will. Right. I'm going to put this right up now. Um, oh, sweet. Are you really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, so, um, okay, good. I'll, uh, I'll fire it over when it's up and, uh, yeah. yeah. send it. We'll, we'll share it. Yeah. Awesome. All that stuff. All right. Much love, love guys. Later. Take care. Love you, buddy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.